0: This is top landing gear. Hello and welcome to Top Landing Gear and to Programme 2, Series 2. And it's a bit of a tearjerker this week as we're paying tribute to the iconic Boeing 747 Jumbo Jet, which has all but made its final departure for that terminal in the sky. But rather than being funereal about it, we'll try and make it more of a celebration of this fabulous aircraft that changed the face of air travel forever. We'll hear from David Williams, a pilot who captained the Queen of the Skies for Virgin Atlantic and who safely returned a 747 400 to Gatwick moments after takeoff when part of its undercarriage failed. And for the first time on Top Landing Gear, for this episode, we've got a bonus feature, which will be available as a separate podcast. The reason it's separate may become clear when I tell you that it's an interview with someone who, and if you're of a squeamish disposition, you may just want to look away now, (laughs) someone who actually makes a living from the leftovers of these beautiful aircraft after they've been scrapped. Uh, We didn't think everyone would be able to stomach that, so it'll be there if and when you feel ready to listen. (laughs) So, welcome to listeners, old and new, and thank you as always for making time to tune in. I'm Rob Curling, television presenter, and like all of us here, a huge fan of the beautiful Jumbo. Uh, There's our pilot, James Cartner, or Jumbo Jim, as we like to call him. Wide bodied, (laughs) bulbous headed.
1: Uh, Bulbous head. (laughs)
0: Do you do? <laughs> um, my brother Jez Curling, a heavyweight agricultural fencer of jumbo proportions, but also, like the jumbo, has a nicely rounded nose. <laughs> And scouting for girls frontman and pop superstar Roy Stride, whose gigs resemble a 747 at the end of a flight, with hundreds of people making a premature dash for the exits desperate <laughs> to escape hours of enforced tedium.
1: That was that is not the script, script. that is <laughs> <good> <laughs> you sent
0: me. So I think I got two bits muddled up there. Yeah, don't panic. That'll be edited it. out. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> How is everybody? How's everyone coping with the world that we it's currently exist in?
1: for me. Again, the flyer. Um, I ordered a new well, second hand cooker off eBay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, which I plumbed in and uh sparked up myself. Ooh, are you Corgi registered? Uh, it's gas safe now. Okay, and uh, there was a apart from the odd smell of gas and a few sparks coming out of that. It's all pretty good, I think. missus <laughs> is cooking on it tonight, so we'll see what happens when I I have heard some sirens actually, <laughs> yeah, as we've been doing this.
0: So, uh Yes. Roy, what about you? Writing?
2: Uh, yeah, we did a few gigs. We did a few gigs, and I had a flying lesson. I've got oh, a, another I've one. Got another two this week, so hopefully, if there were the weather holds,
0: great. Uh, you yeah. sent us some videos of it. We love the videos. Yeah, that's good. For, I'll, I'll stick them up on the Instagram. Do you look like so, a proper pilot as well, actually. Good, oh,
1: yeah. thank you, thank you. I wasn't actually flying at that one, point. <laughs> I was taking the photos. <laughs> <Yeah>. One, one <laughs> decent pilot in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I do anyway. Just take photos <laughs> and float things through my life.
3: Jez, let me guess. What have you been doing? Fencing. Well, I personally haven't. I've been doing Ooh. a bit of digger driving this week, which has oh, been quite fun. It's quite fun, yeah. Uh, um, actually, not something I've done, but something that's happened more excitingly is that my name has now appeared on the underside of Vulcan XH558. Oh, that's cool. so I'm, oh, That's I'm lovely. I'm feeling rather proud of Have you that. seen a I photo know. of your name? I have seen a photo <laughs> of my name amongst many other names, mm-hmm. but it's my name and it is there. I'm quite excited. And I know it's now the perfect excuse to go and actually see the aircraft.
0: Do you have to pay quite a hefty sum to have that? Or it's a
1: donation. Well, it, is was, it, a it was a present donation?
0: from Mrs. Curling. Oh, nice.
3: Uh, I haven't asked uh,
1: how much it was. I didn't want to yeah. embarrass her or I myself. I think you can look it up online. It's about 25 <laughs> quid or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well,
0: she's, she's doubled watching she
1: all this then, so that's oh, uh, love it. <laughs> that's great. So that's, my,
0: yeah, that's been rather exciting. <clears throat> Good. Lovely. Um I've put a new wheel on a wheelbarrow that's been quite exciting <laughs> actually all I is have it a new achieved. wheel It's a brand new wheel. it is looks it? great. it's a proper old metal wheel because I've only had plastic wheels up to now mm. the the uh, rubber had perished
1: is it the is it an under Land- oh, what the no, f- it's a landing gear, isn't it? <laughs> it's not even you. a landing gear, it? It's another carriage. Yeah,
0: it is. No, it's looking it's looking very smart. So that that was the highlight of my week. And well, until well, what exciting until nice. this evening. I know, don't we do no. So look, all the normal things will we'll have.
1: anyone listen to this? Honestly. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Shall we ask them? <laughs> is anyone listening? They Hello? are.
1: They are. Uh, they are In their oh, hundreds, hundreds. In
0: their maybe dozens. dozens.
1: <laughs> no, we will
0: we we will move on. We'll have all our regular features. Jezz's quick facts. we'll wait and see how quick they are this week oh you'd be surprised I so still
1: listening to last week <laughs> <laughs>
0: well it gives us something to do that, yeah. was stuck at that was a day by day yeah, account yeah. of the battle of britain in real time longer uh, than was, the battle uh, of britain that was <laughs> the stuff. hardest thing i've done ever <laughs> it's
1: the hardest thing we've had to listen to ever <laughs> trying to condense they've, that down they've renamed into... the film the longest day now <laughs> to the second longest day <laughs> you can do it next month <laughs>
0: oh, no, it was a brave effort <laughs> and, uh, the trouble you have actually reading uh, Mm. you know so you you set yourself quite a tough task several takes just to get that far Mm, yeah (laughs) it was slightly embarrassing Uh, but yeah so we'll have that we'll of course climax at the end of the um, pod with the quiz of course which everyone's very excited about Yeah. So let's start with our other regular feature then, which is with um, Jimbo and the Ask James. Your chance and ours, of course, to ask James anything at all about the world of aviation. I think a few questions have come through. Uh Roy Roy rather stole the show last time. We were saying how many, we've had loads of questions in for, for James and then Roy just asked his own. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just just hold it all. Ask yeah. master. No, but we we will get round to doing them, won't we? We will. were going we'll, to do we'll. an Ask James special. I know that'll be fun. That'll be. Um, but Jimbo, actually, something I've been reading recently: some things on electrically powered flight, but also the world's first hydrogen-powered commercial aircraft which flew
1: this week, um, September the 25th, from Cranfield in Bedfordshire. I think if you remember back to the summer special, we were asked about the future of aviation, and yeah. there was a particular podcast where somebody mentioned that hydrogen was the way ahead. Yeah. Who, Who was this? I can't that remember. Was, it was a, obviously a very far-sighted, <laughs> intelligent individual. <laughs> was it you, Jim? I like it, <laughs> yeah. And um and And I thought I, I, I do think this, this is the future. So, yes, there's a... Um, at Cranfield, I think the company is called um, Zero Avia. Yeah, um, correct. Who yeah. have managed to get together this little uh, PA forty six uh, and make it powered by hydrogen, where the only byproduct is water. Which um,
2: how big's a PA forty six?
1: It's a sort of six, six. liter. Yeah. Um, so it's not. They haven't done it to the smallest. You know, it's not like a micro yeah. or something. But it's, it's a reasonable size. To be starting off with, yeah, um, and I think from what I what I've read and what I was passed on by you, Rob, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so it. It's a uh, it's yeah, five hundred mile um, <laughs> sort of range and yeah. uh, at a reasonable speed with a, with a decent sized aircraft. So it is going to be the future, I think.
0: And they think they could have commercial flight on a regular basis by the end of the yeah, decade.
3: end of the decade. I think yeah. that's quite so, something. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it so. going to be is. quite difficult to convince people that it's safe. I think hydrogen
1: I mean, is one of the most the fact, you get people gliding yeah. and they have no engines at all so it doesn't really matter well, why so as explains, long as the engine
3: so do they
1: yeah but it, we're not talking about the hindenburg it, it's a, a a hydrogen cell right. based product so i think it's all yeah we will need people will need convincing yes yes do you, right. do
2: you think this is the future
1: i think hydrogen power is going to be the future yeah because yeah. i think it's it, when they can get hydrogen out of water yeah um, which apparently is one of the main constituents of water. Looking, remembering, <laughs> oh, yeah. remembering, back, my um, H two. That's the one. Uh, something else. Um, but oh. um, mm. when they can use that, that will be the, the real breakthrough on on everything. I mean, we're not yeah. just talking airplanes here; we're talking everything. But but I, I do think that hydrogen power you can. It's light enough to go flying with. So we're not looking at solar power or massive batteries. Yeah. And um, it'll it'll power a an aircraft at a, at a speed that's good enough. To compare to current um, jet speeds. Wow. That's amazing. It
0: is very impressive. Yeah. Uh,
1: Roy, have you got some questions? Yeah, yeah. You? You're bound to have. Well, you know,
2: <laughs> let's, let's forget about saving the environment and the world. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about toilets. Yeah, back to toilets. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the questions which we got. It was from a very rich. popular feature on toilets. <laughs> it you, was. It? Jimbo, I was listening to Ask James yesterday. It was very early but not sure if you finished telling us why the loo sucks when flushed. <laughs> You said it doesn't go outside and it, doesn't, and it does go to some lovely tanks, but not sure you explained the gush. Is it sucked into the tanks so there's no need for water? So storage tanks can be smaller and no need to carry water for flushing? I don't know. Did you not have other listeners asking or, or did I miss it? it <laughs> I was driving. Did I miss it? That's actually what he says.
1: Um, yeah, no, Well, there's, there's, it's partly right. There, the, one of the reasons is that well, the, the tanks are stored in the non-pressurised part of the aircraft. You don't need to pressurize poo. Yeah. Basically, um, so there is a natural suck by the fact that the tanks are not pressurized themselves. They're not in the the pressure hull of the aircraft. They're in the, the unpressurized part of it. Right. Which saves weight, obviously, and and so there is a natural draw, which is has the byproduct of not needing any liquid as uh, such to to help flush it down, or it, 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 only minimal liquid. Yeah. So it does have that byproduct, but the, but the main thing is that the tanks themselves are in the external um but well not ex- ex- but they're in the part of the the fuselage that is not pressurized and that's why... and that provides a, 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 a So the, the pressure there is much lower it's, it's than the pressure it's more of a push in the oh. it's more of a push really because yeah. the pressure from the cabin is oh, providing some flow to the um <laughs> uh, to the flow if you like yeah,
2: yeah. and so yeah. that so when when you, the so button, when, when you press the button to the tank. it opens it's
1: not it's not the 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 flap which does have a name i am not allowed to mention on on there um, called the <laughs> uh, When that opens...
2: <laughs> I'm going to have to find the beeper sample now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that, out for a while. that yeah. isn't the actual valve.
2: And but, then then everyone's going to be asking, what is what, the name what, of the flap? Well, they yeah. can. Okay.
1: Uh, so there's the flap, yeah. uh, which I won't mention what okay. it's called now. And that opens. But the, further down the line, there's a valve when you press the flush. And that is what allows the air to push everything down. Is, is this all part of your training? to learn all this stuff. Well, you learn, you learn how an aer- airplane's built, what is made, how it's made. Mm. Yeah. And we don't do it. There isn't a particular s- not a module, sort of module on <laughs> poo dynamics. Right. Well, I'm moving on. Like you might have written one. <laughs>
2: it we, we do have lots of questions. Right. This is from Jim Pierce, which I, re- which I really liked. Hi, good work on series one. I enjoyed the band from the episodes. Not so much the poo talk. <laughs> uh, uh, so, if you really are that desperate for questions for James, <laughs> maybe he can answer <laughs> me this: As a commercial passenger pilot, do you get signed off at different airports, or are you free to fly anywhere once you're signed off on the type of plane you're flying? Oh,
1: that's uh, a, that is a I very good, a good question. Good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, generally, you're, once you're you're signed off, you are free to fly to any airport. However, airports are categorized. Right. So you have Category A airports. Most airlines have a similar system to this. Uh, category A airports, which once you're signed off, you can go to that airport without any prior briefing. Category B airports, which means you have to have read a specific uh, brief on that airport or seen a video huh, right. about the specific problems or difficulties about that a- airport. And there's Category C air- air- aircraft, which you need to be signed off for specifically, okay. either to have done it in the simulator or do it. For real, with a training captain. And And what determines Mm. the category? And and can you give us some examples? Yeah, so uh, for example, London City Airport uh, is a category C aircraft, so you need specific training to land at London City. Because it's quite Um, a steep approach. Steep approach, short runway with specific rules. Also, uh, Madeira, Punjab in Madeira, that's another one that's a category C, so you need to be specifically signed off. Wind shear, it's a curving approach, very difficult. so yeah, that, that, that's another one. That's, that's category C.
0: You mentioned that we talked about the accident at Kerala, didn't we? We uh, did in a previous episode, and I think you said that was a one I think of those.
1: It's, yeah, I think that is that is a restricted air, air yeah. from what I, from what I've gathered. So there are those that are specific that that have their own real difficulties that you need to experience or see. I think Florence is another one um, down in Italy. Is that is that
2: a like worldwide thing, or is I that think, yeah, due to your? It's, it's
1: an air, it's an individual airline thing, but but airlines will assess each airport, right? And see, would you let the person who's just yeah just qualified, qualified. go there, or do they need a bit of training, or do they need to have seen a video that highlights the specific Amazing. problems of that?
2: That was a quality question. Gary, question. We, we we actually have had lots of James questions, and but we still want more. We're going to do an actual special i think at some point in this series to to get through some of them but thank you so much for everybody who's got in touch uh either via the website or instagram or facebook
1: i've got we, a couple of shout outs actually to make to people who've, okay, who've can, been really go. good yeah. because um bob williams who I, I think we've seen a couple of emails from him, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's obviously a fan of the show he is provided us with some fantastic we might we might even need to get him on okay chat at one stage because he's got an amazing uh, career but he, he's a real avid follower of the, of the yeah, show amazing. and Thanks, also uh, another um a guy Matt Eliff, um, who I used to fly with at a previous airline, has been posting us all over his in, uh, his own Instagram pages <laughs> and uh, Facebook and stuff. You, Matt. So, Matt, thank oh, you very you much. Guys. Um, that's lovely. It's really good when people sort of send us some positive feedback and, and, and re- recommend us to other people. So thanks, guys. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, that's really kind, really good. Well, look, shall we turn our attention to our main topic for this week, then? The Boeing 747 Jumbo Jet. Here's jumbo-sized Jez with his jumbo-sized Quick facts. Well, here we go. So now this week, I've
3: tried to keep them a bit shorter than the last one because <laughs> that was really tediously well, long. Well, it was difficult,
1: but you had a difficult I job. Had a whole, it was, a was hard. The so I up. thought I'd,
3: I'd go the extra mile this week uh, with my research and, and actually, rather than just maybe interrogating oh, get the, on the internet, it. I'm <laughs> making up for time that I might not have. For the fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I'd actually uh, approach Boeing. So I emailed, pretty proactive Ah, for me, I emailed the Boeing press office. And And when they didn't get back, you went to Wikipedia. (laughs) And I got nothing back from Boeing. (laughs) (laughs) So I went back to
1: Wikipedia and Google.
3: Uh, But I went to loads of different sites and I've edited these down. Um, So don't complain if you already know all this stuff, because this is what you're getting anyway. So here are some 747 quick facts. Stop the ruddy
2: press. This is Roy coming at you the day after we recorded this. I've just edited it. Just put it up onto the server. And I got a frantic phone call from Jez going, you've got to change what I said. I feel really bad. Uh, I've just got an amazing email from Boeing. So this is from Claire McAleese. Uh, who is communications director of Boeing UK and Ireland. saying, Yes. Thanks so much for the interest. We're so proud of the seven four seven. Please do mention in your podcast, we'll be making her for two more years and she'll be flying for decades to come. See the attached fact sheets and fun facts in case you've ever wondered how many golf balls can fit inside a seven four seven. They've sent us loads of images and videos, which we can use, which I'm going to put up on all the socials. Uh, And a load of other links, which I'll make sure everybody can access. Thank you so much, Boeing. We are huge fans of everything you've done in the world of aviation. Unfortunately, it was too late uh, for this podcast, so we're stuck with Jez's facts. But actually, this week, they are pretty good. Uh, So thanks again to Boeing. Here we go. The
3: Boeing 747 was the result of the efforts of some 50,000 people known as the Incredibles, who turned design into reality in just 16 months. The 747 is responsible for the, lo- the world's largest building by volume, the 200 million cubic foot assembly plant in Everett, Washington. Pilots learned to taxi the 747 on a three story contraption called Waddell's Wagon, named after test pilot Jack Waddell. The first flight of the 747 was the 6th of February 1969. It had a cruising speed of 640 miles an hour a range of 6,000 miles, a ceiling of 45,000 feet and carried 33 flight attendants. In May 1991, an El Al 747-400 with a normal capacity of 350 to 400 passengers carried a record-breaking 1,088 people as part of Operation Solomon, an Israeli evacuation of Ethiopian Jews as they fled Ethiopia. The Boeing 747 has flown around 3.5 billion people over its 50-year life, and with a world population of around 7.5 billion, uh, that means roughly half the planet has, at some set, uh, at some point, set foot on a 747, Gosh, which is
0: incredible. That is mm-hmm. I wonder which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the
3: 747 is still the fastest commercial airplane, flying at Mach 0. 0.86, which is about 650 miles an hour, I think, and. Uh, set a transatlantic record between new york and london earlier this year this year yeah. last mm. year No, I mean, these are quite old fact i had it as march 2020 really that's amazing so if anyone yeah. wants so to even... contradict that they may
2: so this year it was still 50 years old mm-hmm. yeah the fastest commercial
3: fastest commercial Yeah. Oh. well that, that is amazing I think we had a we were talking earlier about the 787 may, may mm-hmm. have done that but i i have that as if one wants to write in and contradict yeah. that, they're more than welcome, we may ignore it. <laughs> uh, the upper deck of the 747 has the same square footage as a 737, and there are at one time uh, plans for this deck to be the full length of the aircraft, mm. um, before the 380 was ever even conceived. Mm. Uh, by the way, there are 14 steps up to the upper level.
0: Oh, that's a quiz question gone. Uh. <coughs>
3: yeah. Leave it in. Or we'll leave it in I might get <laughs> one right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, of the 1,500 747s built, a number have been converted for special purposes, including two Air Force Ones, E-5 military command centres, space shuttle car- uh, carriers, mm-hmm. refuelling tankers and the weird-looking Dreamlifter built to transport the fuselage of Boeing's new jumbo jet, the Dreamliner. Some of the world's super-rich possess their very own 747s, including the Sultan of Brunei, Hong Kong property investor Joseph Lau, Roy and Stride
1: from Status <laughs>
3: similar to Similar to Roy, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Uh, on a level. And finally, famously, Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson piloted a hired 747 to take the band on world tours. Lead singer and budding pilot, Roy Stride, is hoping to do the same with scouting for girls one day to Bournemouth <laughs> in a microlight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah, bravo. They are amazing.
3: That I is your that is. much quicker and mostly facts facts. Well that, done, is Jess. that is brilliant.
2: I think very, when you have
1: good. a fact and then say, if someone likes to write in and say this fact is wrong, that's not a fact, that's your opinion. Yeah, but that's a that's well, a jazz
3: quick fact. That, that, that was a jazz quick
1: fact which which may have been written down wrong, read wrong, or, or in just it is wrong. No, that was very good. But unfortunately yeah, also facts. the nine answers that I remembered in case they came up in the quiz, eight of them were in the flight. So. <laughs> well, that who may work in my favor. Who
0: remembers their first flight on a j- jumbo?
1: I do. Where was
0: that to?
3: Uh New Zealand. Oh Air New Zealand. Air New Zealand. On my own. Yeah. And I I upgraded at uh Heathrow, I think, or maybe Gaelic, I can't remember, to business class. Oh, wow. Um, It was a sort of treat to myself. I was going to watch the British Lions play in Australia. It was the year I got married. It was my last sort of hurrah as a single man. And um, so I upgraded myself to not a particularly good uh,
1: business class, I don't think, at the time, but I did fly all the way to New Zealand in the 747. I apparently flew on at age two when we came back from the family we were living in the Bahamas then. What? And um, we came back Pan Am Clipper class. Did you? On a, I think it must have been a either 200 or an original oh, classic wow. um, 747 back from America.
0: Oh, amazing.
1: Was
2: my first ever flight was 747 to Australia. First
0: time I've ever
2: flown anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Singapore Airlines.
0: Oh, nice. Guess, yeah. Really good. I think my first one was Virgin to San Francisco, I think. Where's Hollywood? Los Los Angeles. Angeles. Los Angeles. It was Los Angeles. Sorry. Um, And that was pretty amazing. That was a a work job thing. Nice. Um, But I remember doing, I did a BA flight to Sydney. And it was quite a long time ago because there was still smoking on board. Mm -hmm. And I just can't stand smoking. Anyway, I I got to check in. Um, They said, well, there aren't many seats left. Uh, You've got the row in front of smoking. I went all the way to Australia. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, honestly, I, I just don't think I'm going to be able to cope with that. And they said, well, look, we'll make a note of that. We'll see if we can shift you somewhere else. Um, just check when you get to the gate. So, you know, I'm waiting for a good couple of hours thinking, am I going to spend the next, you know, day and a half hour long takes via Bangkok with <laughs> all the yes. smokers behind me? Anyway, I got to the gate and said, oh, we've managed to find you another seat. I said, oh, thank you. I said, where is it? They said, it's upstairs.
1: Oh! oh. So I flew all the way down you to Bangkok and then Bangkok so to Sydney, so. sitting
0: upstairs. No one else in the seats yeah. next to me. You're just there smoking. It went. smoking
3: <laughs> Absolutely hammered. Cigars. Yeah. Trousers around his ankles.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Snoring. So abusing the mistake. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. all of that. Yeah. It was fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very, very lucky. Uh, but funny. yeah, what a beautiful aeroplane. It was oh. just magnificent. I, I mean,
1: I haven't met a pilot that's flown it. No. That hasn't said it's the most amazing aeroplane to yeah. fly and to, to work on. You know, everybody is so proud of being on that aeroplane. Uh, what is
0: it? I mean, we 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 will hear a bit more about, about this from David Williams, yeah. our special guest. But but what is it that people love about it so much I mean, from it, the
1: operating point of view? it's. I think it, wherever you go, it doesn't matter if you're going to Heathrow or... You know, small airfield in the Caribbean everybody stops and looks at the jumbo yeah. landing yeah. it's just yeah. got that look about it there's, yeah. there's no other airplane I'm afraid not even the 380 no because no. it doesn't look right really does it we, what it really
2: do you does. always say if it looks right it flies right. away yeah. yeah. and
1: yeah. It, 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 it's just it, they've just done such a good job of it, yeah. it it's such a beautiful airplane and it's there's something about it it's a mixture of its elegance but also the brutal size of it and you think yeah. how could that even how could you even lift that with a crane let alone yeah. it get up get airborne by itself yeah. I do remember um, when they,
0: when it first came out because I'm a little bit older than you lot mm-hmm. and there were all these publicity shots of, of generally Pan Am stewardesses standing inside the engine that's mm, because it was yeah. the first time that an engine had been built that was so big that a person could stand inside Mm. it with room to spare. Mm. And I also remember um, the first flight, January 1970, was from New York to Heathrow. And I think the next day I was at school and... We were, the school was very near Wisley Airfield, so there was a lot of aviation activity, which is I failed all my exams. <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of time looking out the window. But I, I heard this really odd, odd noise in the sky. It sounded like nothing else I've ever heard before. It was that wow? sort of growling, whining thing. And I, Luckily, I was sitting near a window, and I just had to look out. I, th- I said to myself, that's the jumbo. I'd never oh, seen one. This was the oh, first wow. one. and. It was it was a clear day, and there it was, large as life, and the teacher saying, "Curling, will you please pay attention, to sir? <laughs> it's the jumbo jet," and everyone, just including the teacher, yeah. raced to the window. It was amazing, oh, amazing moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was the first. Well, that was the return flight of the very that's very incredible. first flight, January nineteen seventy. And the other, my other little boast about the jumbo is, I was invited to spend the morning with British Airways engineering many oh, years very ago. Nice. Yes. And it was a winter. It was during the winter, and they took me out in one of these extraordinary vehicles, and I de-iced an oh, did entire you? jumbo jet. <laughs> it was amazing sitting up on this this crane with this massive thing operating this this hose, and you were just sprayed, You're spraying the. Were mo- you holding the hose, those. or were you a... You're inside a cabin oh, and operating it. levers oh. which operate the hose, mm. and uh, you're spraying all the sort of the moving surfaces, mm. leading edges, the the fin, and all that stuff of of a BA jumbo. And then when we finished doing that, the next thing they'd show me around the engineering base. Oh, it was amazing. Next thing was to get into a tug and push back Concorde for its flight oh. to New York. I'm nice. what a morning that oh, was! Right. And then I got presented with a model of Concorde.
3: That uh, isn't yeah. technically—you shouldn't be saying that because that's something to do with the jumbo, yeah. even though it's a really good voice. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're, I'll leave that for the Concorde that episode. John. That's yeah. just showing off.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That is really yeah. unnecessarily yeah. showing yeah. off. But that was, yeah. So thanks to BA for that. Mm. That was yeah. that was quite a day.
3: I think also. I guess, and maybe I don't know what for you seeing it when you you know you're at school looking out of the window. It was so much bigger. I I didn't realize until the other day that it is literally twice the size of a seven oh seven oh seven. Yeah, which I thought four-engined aircraft that must be massive. Yes. Well, I'm sure it was big at its time. Yeah, but well, I've seen a picture of a seven oh seven next to a jumbo. Yeah. I was about to swear. Then it, yeah.
2: vast it is vast. And to also, symbolism. also at the time, it was twice the size of anything yes, yes. that has been built. Or even even military aircraft, I'm yeah, yeah. And even the thing which I I found out recently was like this wasn't. Nobody thought Boeing was going uh, the seven four seven was going to last fifty years. No, this was uh, Boeing had their own supersonic plane, mm. which they yes. were, which they and were. And this was building. built for cargo, basically, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, seven four seven was. Right. They thought it was mm. going to be, you know. 10, 15, 20 years, because nobody's going to fly a seven yeah. when you've got a supersonic plane. So it was kind of
3: knocked out quite quickly. And it, it sort came of came off the back of a, a failed uh,
1: military. Yeah, they uh, were going for Galaxy. when well, There was a Galaxy Something like that. I know, it, 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 it was not an
3: exact Which was Lockheed,
0: wasn't it? It was the big battle for yeah. the, for the yeah. big yeah. military transport. Yeah, yeah, mm.
1: yeah.
3: Um, Boeing lost that mm. contract. And not directly, but
1: I think off the back of... That, mm. um, came the seven four seven. But the original specification, I think Pan Am said we want something twice as big as a seven yeah. zero. Yeah, really. Um, and that's so they said, "Well, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing
0: was driven by Pan Am, she mm. wasn't mm.
2: it. And do you think mm. there'll be any more flights? Do you think?
1: Well, it's not the end of the seven four seven completely. Yeah. Although, although it's you know most are. A freight is going to keep using it because yeah. it is invaluable for freight. The fact that with the, the nose tipping up. And, yeah. and access to that enormous tile so freight will keep going there is the 748 dash yeah. eight which um the Americans have just ordered two to be air force ones okay so they are not yet built yet they'll come out in five five or six years i think by mm-hmm. the time they're ready, so they will carry on as air force one mm-hmm. um and as I say companies like Lufthansa are still operating seven four seven eight yeah. So they you will still see them around particularly in the cargo. Um so it's not the end of them but it's the end of them as as far as big airlines using yeah. the, the, the 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 400. Yeah. And there aren't that many. The 8 just never really caught on. Yeah. Also oh,
3: Cathay and airlines like that are they they're going to
1: they got rid of Cathay got rid of theirs except for cargo a, a while ago now. Oh, did they? Yeah. 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 They mm. yeah. yeah they've gone for the 350 and the triple
2: what was the uh, the stat which you said with the interview, David, about how more economical your plane is? Yeah, so the too.
1: I think the albeit you know, the the triple carries fewer passengers, yeah, but uh, fuel burn is just over half that of a of a jumbo, yeah, uh, on the same route, <clears throat> and the That's seven amazing. eight is about two thirds of us of, of the triple, so, so the crazy. efficiency. Of, of of getting a lump of metal yeah. through the sky it's just just gone down um, yeah. is, is it going exponentially since since the jumbo yeah. and four engines does mean double yeah. the uh, double the, the fuel use really yeah um and it just you know airlines are run by accountants generally and it might look like a beautiful aeroplane but <laughs> yeah <laughs> if it doesn't pay the bills or it's costing too much it 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 goes um and yeah. you know it's it is the way things move on as as I know rob is very Upset about it's these twin jets now are taking over the world, <laughs> yeah, and everything looks very similar. As you said, you, it's yeah. very difficult to tell the difference without looking at the wingtips of a 350 or a 78. A yes, um, and they are all starting to look the same, yeah. um, but that's the way it's gone, unfortunately.
0: And the other sadness about the BA ones that are gone <coughs> is that the, those ones that they painted in the retro colors, yes, the, the Negus, know. the Landor, mm. and the beautiful BOAC, BOAC one, mm. um. And I think it's. I think the Negus will be the last one to fly out of Heathrow to go and right. be scrapped. I think.
1: be a scrapping. Yeah, there Always. was there was a rumor that Russians yeah. um, Russians were going to get them. That, that appears to have been fake news. <laughs> uh, and there is a call to keep one as a museum piece. Yeah, just one. Yeah, you'd think there'd be maybe more, yeah. than that, but. Yep.
2: Oh, so where are you going to keep it? Yeah, it's, yeah, museum. it's a museum. It is a big well, especially
1: Bruntingthorpe It's <laughs> is, is looking after big airplanes. It's closing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's how many ha- are
3: parked out in the? I'm going to say the Mojave Desert. It's not the Mojave Desert. Out in the, oh, big, the, states. In in the, the, the states. States. Out, um, there must be loads already parked yes, out there, there from they're, they're, historically. Yes. You know, there just were,
1: being, particularly the older models. Yeah. Um, and the, all this is going to do is add to those. I mean, there will be them out. They'll be there. Yeah. Um, but there, it comes, I mean, Dave Williams, who we're chatting to him, was talking about the storage costs of a yes, of a jumbo. And I think Gatwick were after £5,000 a day for one. and That's the, probably the top end. But when you think, you know, how much it just costs just to store it yeah. there. And at some stage, the scrap value of it uh, and mm. the spares value of it is that much more than, than the aircraft's worth.
0: But this is a genuinely historic aircraft because of what it did in terms of. And there will always there will there will be one
1: in a museum somewhere in the world. There
0: needs to be at least one Um, flying, but
1: ideally in Southeast England. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I say you will see them with cargo airlines for a while, yeah. Yeah.
0: They're um, always about thirty five thousand feet when they come over
1: us. Well go to Brussels then I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's this is <this> cargo it? <laughs> that sounds, sounds goes like luxury. a luxury. Sounds like your top landing gear trip. <laughs> <It's> Bruges. <awesome. laughs> Oh, we will miss
0: it. Well, look, shall we get on to (coughs) our very special guest this week, David Williams, a captain at Virgin Atlantic, currently on the Boeing 787, who began his airline career with Monarch on the 757. But it's what he flew in between that interested us, because in the interim, David was on Virgin's 747-400 and in 2014 was hailed a hero when he nursed a jumbo back to Gatwick after a near-catastrophic incident. David, so look, what about the 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 incident, the day what back in December 2014, you were departing so Gatwick we Yeah,
4: so we were we were departing. So we were on our way to um, uh, Las Vegas, which I I and actually aside aside this, I wasn't actually supposed to be on the flight, which, <laughs> is, which is just the the ironic thing is, I requested a trip over the over the New Year and I didn't get it, and a colleague of mine got this trip and. I called him up I said, can I swap trips with you? And we did the swap. So I got myself onto this plane, this, this uh, doomed <laughs> <laughs> aircraft. And so we took off um, <laughs> prior, to, prior to New Year's uh, and we were heading to Las Vegas. So um, we got on board. It was a full aircraft, uh, full crew, full aircraft with uh, passengers and full up with we had cargo on board and everything. And daughter, daughter. And, yeah, my daughter was on board, so she was 12. And, and in our company, you can only travel by yourself at the minimum age of 12 in a seat. So she was excited to travel on her own as a, as a, as a grown-up, yes. in, in, in effect. And so she was sat in the cabin down in the back uh, amongst all this. Uh, Couldn't have got her an upgrade. Uh, no, <laughs> we, we were full, full, full. <laughs> <laughs> So um, so yeah. So we took off. Uh, so three crew, three pilots uh, in the flight deck. It was a beautiful day. Uh, you know, it was a winter's winter's morning. Took took off uh, on the on the Westley runway at Lon- London Gatwick, and uh, we got airborne. And uh, just as we got airborne, put the gear up. So the hydraulics were pressurized and everything. And uh, we got a an indication on the what they call the ICAS system, engine indicating and system on, on on the aircraft. And um, we uh, noticed there was a, a hydraulic system for system uh, low low pressure, so we uh, continued the the departure, and uh, and then subsequently we got an extra few more messages uh, detailing what what the uh, what the problem was. Is that
1: something you would have expected to be able to continue
4: with? Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah, and especially at that cr- critical stage, right? <coughs> you know, you you with the, the 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 gear was coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the flats were all operational yeah. and we were just going away from the ground. So uh so we took took the problem airborne obviously and uh and then and then we three crew operation up in the flight deck. So we uh, put the autopilot in and that was all operational and we, we got to work with um Getting the QRH out, the quick response handbook, and, and and getting into the detail of the problem that we had.
0: So, what was your understanding of what the problem was then?
4: So, on seven four seven, you got four hydraulic systems, and systems one and four are the most critical systems. And four, uh, which is the problem we had, up, was uh, was going to was going to give us a, a bit of uh, a bit of problems uh, up ahead of us. So, we delved into our into our QRH and uh, and just detailed exactly what the problem was. Had we lost the system? Was there a was there a defect in the system? And as it happened, what we what had happened is the whole um, accumulated pressure and all the the, the hydraulic fluid had, had been vacated out of the system. Oh, right. So we'd lost the whole system and everything that goes along with that uh, that system was now defunct.
0: And so what had actually happened? What it meant was that one of the a part of your landing gear couldn't retract. Fully. No, so this no, of so this no, so this so
4: what had happened. The aircraft. So just going back a few stages, the the aircraft had been in the hangar overnight, and it had some work done on the on the uh, on on the landing gear, and they had replaced an actuator on, on the on the uh, the right main landing gear, and uh, and so we we'd been briefed on this, and we'd uh, the the engineers had uh, taken us through exactly what they've been they've been doing, and all been signed off, and we were happy to to they were happy to dispatch the aircraft, we were happy to accept it. So it had been in, overnight in 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 the hangar, which as a pilot you you obviously um, take close attention to that and uh, make sure that all the switches are put back mm-hmm. in the right place because when pins planes yeah and all the pins. The, so when these planes come out hangers, these switches are, are usually all uh, everywhere. So, um, <laughs> but
1: um, well, they leave it good for engineers, not good for pilots. That's oh, that's okay, all, <laughs> all
4: right. So um so yeah so we so the plane had been in 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 maintenance, so we got airborne we. Got down to uh, to the QH, uh, reevaluated yep. we that we'd lost the hydraulic system, when, and and then all the problems which there thereafter come with it. Uh, so things like the brakes, the the, the flight controls, the, the um, uh, all sorts of um, extra systems which were attached to that system four. So. We then carried on. The plane was flying um, very nicely. So we then carried on departure, and then we got into the system. We were too heavy to come back and land anyhow. So Mm. with these aircraft, if you were to spin it back and put it back onto the ground, you'd have to dump some fuel or you'd have to put a heavy landing in. But the aircraft was flying, flying. So we then made a decision. We spoke to the company. We were obviously in the, the, the London area. We could speak to our company on the radio and the engineers and our ops control and they knew exactly what the problem was because uh, these systems are already highlighted upon their systems. So um, made a decision to come back into, into uh, London Gatwick with the hydraulic system, and, and that was just going to be, we'd have to dump some fuel down, dump down to the weight that we required, uh, a maximum landing weight, and then, and, then, and then return back to London for a fairly fast approach um, with a slightly less flap. And so it was because just of the weight, because of the weight, and there was at that point we didn't know we didn't know that the gear had a problem. I see. So so right. the actual incident was actually twofold. It was the first one was the, the hydraulics, and the, and then we, we solved that. We, well, we didn't solve it. We we sorted that out, contained that problem first, and then we.
0: So yeah. sorry, at risk of I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about. So did you not? Did you get the three greens? There
4: no, no. So that that issue hadn't raised its head there.
1: Oh, the gear had gone
4: up fine so we'd gone up the, the gear had come up oh it had gone up yep yeah. so the gear had pressurized it come up the right. and what happens with these the, the doors open and and the gear comes up uh, and then the doors close yeah so the aircraft is all yeah it's 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 streamlined now um, aerodynamic it's flying so we then carried away and we actually we actually went off to uh to a different part of the uk and we were under uh REF control now so they took us off to a separate area to dump fuel and we had to dump about 70 nearly 80 tons of fuel right. just to get the weight of the aircraft down to the max yeah. landing weight so doing just it. orbiting Are you just so we're orbit? doing just a big holding patterns so like 10 15 miles long and we did that over just to the north actually over north Devon actually just to the into oh, the sea you're so old school, old, old school <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so um actually it was ironic actually it was it was over just past Lundy Island actually which is that puffin reserve so have you
3: have you let the <laughs> uh the, well, presumably the cabin crew in your you know but have you well, what have you told the passengers
4: so yeah so, are, so as soon as this happens we 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 sort of contain the problem and um we're carrying away and we we call the the uh, flight service manager who's the the person in charge of the cabin we we called him up to the uh to the flight deck just to brief him of what was happening and also, we just wanted someone to go back and have a look at the at the windows and make sure there was no damage and nothing coming out the back of the aircraft, or and just to cover all our bases on on that side. And then after talking to the company and then make, coming to the decision that we are actually going to return, we then had to talk to the passengers and tell them what the problem is, and we just told them exactly what the problem was. And uh, and again, we had to tell the passengers we were going to have to be dumping fuel. Because at the end of the wings, you've got the, the, the defuel valves, uh, and, and, it, and it dumps off the, the fuel, and that would be fairly surprising. Very visible, sure. yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a... It's like watching the Red Arrows, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. so yes. And that just vaporizes. Isn't yeah, it? It just vaporizes. So it would be a stream. It looked like a contrail at the yeah, uh, yeah. tip of the of the of the, uh, of the wing. So from the ground, actually, after the event, we had this. I think it was a walker or ex- Exmoor had taken a photograph of this plane. Over, overhead and i think he'd thought he'd spotted the first six engine aircraft oh, really <laughs> <laughs> so he's got this we've got this beautiful photograph of the, of uh, the plane amazing. flying but it's got yeah, uh, six it contracts six 12, yeah wow so uh, so um so then what we then we prepped so that was that was a good hour flying and uh, just to get the get the get the weight down and then we prepped the aircraft the the passengers had food and drink and and Everything was tidied away and we briefed the passengers and the, and the cabin crew briefed the, the, the passengers just for a normal landing with the possibility that, that you know, if anything goes wrong, you know, we, we're going to follow some instructions to, to get off the aircraft. But it was in, in, for all sense purposes, it was just a normal landing. We were going to be met by the, the fire brigade. Uh, they would come alongside because we'd lost our steering uh, capability and the aircraft was going to touch down a bit faster than normal. And we lost our main brakes. We had reserve, reserve brakes now, right. so we were going to be certainly down the far end of the, run, of the runway, and we would we would we'd probably need a tug to take us off. So
0: heavy and fast, and so you don't we have your well main we, went,
4: we went so heavy. We were, we were at the maximum landing weight yeah. of the aircraft, yeah. which was what we normally land at. You know, a, a lot of the time we'd land okay. at anyhow. So it would be a normal, but because we had reduced uh, flaps and 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 the sort of handling qualities of the aircraft were a bit degraded. We had the backup systems which were, were operational and then we had other things like um alternate systems for the bra- for the landing gear and and steering so and, and the brakes was in the alternate system as well so we had all these backup and this is why the boeing is such a such a great plane it has so much redundancy <coughs> so um so anyways so we flew back in and uh it was a we asked for a very long finals so we could do we could do all the uh, the alternate flaps and the alternate gear and uh we came about 20 miles final turn finals, and uh, as we as we lined up, we got the flaps the flaps we, which we were going to be using for for landing. We we got those deployed out, and then we dropped the gear, and we dropped the gear on the alternate system. So it's a gravity system. Um, so we then on on releasing the the gear, we we noticed that the main gear at the back of the of the aircraft had come down, and it took a a, a slightly longer period of time for it to come down. And that was all that came down, so just the back gear, so the main gear at the back of the aircraft. So you've got, um, you've got two, two wing gears and two main gears and then one nose gear as well, So well, or two, two, two wheels but one nose gear. And then we carried on down the glide slope where we were doing the RLS approach onto 2.6. And, uh, and then eventually the left wing came out and the nose, gear, n- nose wheel came out. So we now had the, the three, but we didn't have the right wing gear system. So we carried on down the approach, uh, hoping that this, this would, uh, it would eventually come out, and it was just a hang-up in, in, in the, the length and deployment of the gear. Yeah. But it never did come down. So uh, we carried on down the approach and then made the decision uh, low down to um, – and we called the town. we said, look, we're, we're going we're gonna to break off the approach, but we're going to do a flyby, and we've got no vision of what, what is going on underneath the aircraft. So we asked them to get the binoculars out and, and take a look and see what they can see. It's amazingly basic. Isn't <laughs> <that>? I've never <laughs> understood why aircraft don't
1: have cameras well, on some of these critical systems. Well, they do now. So. Yeah, well, yeah. This was a triple does, but it's not yeah. in the right place. No, no. For in, it's for looking at the taxi. It was from ground oh, yes. taxi, oh, yeah, that's
0: why we have not on the triple. This really came to light at, in the keg at the kegworth disaster, didn't it? The British Midland 737 that, that right, crashed yeah. onto yeah. the and they shut the wrong engine shut down, down. Yeah. the wrong engine because they couldn't
1: see which one was on. But fire. They, they, they did, did have the some clues from the flight, the cabin crew the did tell them You've mm. shut the wrong one down, that's but right. they said no, we haven't, yeah. yeah. But
0: early even, days. I mean, that's going back to the what was that
1: early 80s, yeah, and mm. still
0: there isn't a proper camera system.
4: So I think on the I don't know if the 350's got cameras mm, underneath, but do, yeah. you might have well,
1: the, see- the 380 certainly has cameras all over. Yeah. All, I think. right. So the control so, tower got their binoculars out.
4: So they got the binoculars out, and uh, I think this was uh, it was probably uh, yeah it was the first they dusted and dusted them <laughs> off to at the back and had a look at us. So anyway, we flew down the the the, the center of the runway, and uh, we then broke off to the left and we went south and they had a look at the, at, the un, at the undercarriage and indeed they confirmed, yeah, you've got a problem.
0: It is an incredible story and you'll be able to hear more from David on his recollections of the 747 and on that incident in our Full Flaps interview which drops a week after this episode so it may even be there right now ready and waiting for you.
2: In fact it's much more, isn't it? Like because we, we can we <laughs> yeah. can give away the magic of radio because David's yeah. just left. And yeah. what is usually an hour interview we ended up speaking for an hour and a half because at one point I had goosebumps. I didn't I didn't know the story and yeah. I couldn't, you know. I didn't know what was going to happen next, so you were in for a treat. Yeah. I think I it think is it's absolutely brilliant, and he brilliant. tells it
3: incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think all our collected jaws were on the floor. Right? Yeah, yeah, they was, were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we thought it was
3: probably one of our best full flaps. Mm.
0: Four yeah, four well, flaps, we, we that say that every time, don't we? They're all brilliant. But now for a real highlight, of course, of the podcast, it's the top landing gear jumbo jet quiz. Hey. Everyone <laughs> excited? No, of course <laughs> you are. Lovely. Well, yeah. uh, okay, oh, I, first I, of all. What? Go on.
2: Just saying that as reigning champion of the oh, no. oh, yeah. I That's, am ready. Yes. Just thought I'd put that out there. Roy Stride. Take it where you can, Roy. Take it where
0: you can. Good man, Roy. I will do. Um, yeah. um yeah. We'd better just test buzzers. What have people brought with them this week? Who should we start with? What about you, Roy? I actually as did one.
2: Champion? I actually did one. Go on. Uh, so <laughs> this has got absolutely nothing to do with the 747, apart from the fact that mm. my first ever trip on an airplane ever was was to go to Australia, uh, and that was on a 747. So because of that, this is my buzzer. That's not a knife. That's a knife. What is
0: that? That's it's from Crocodile from Dundee, Dundee going, <laughs> that's not a knife. <laughs> that's a knife. That's There's a knife. A knife. Okay, that well, that yeah, that's going to okay. burst through, isn't it? It's really. I don't think it's going to be attention. used much. Well, good luck. Well, know, you've learned a lot about the seven four seven today, mm-hmm. uh, bro. Jazz. Well, have you got? I've gone. Hmm. I've gone back. You're to, going to show us uh, every selection yeah. you've had, aren't you? I've
3: gone back to first principles again because <laughs> I can't help but take quotes from one of my favourite ever um, films ever, which is Airplane. Good. And in slight homage or homage or whatever the word is, homage, homage. To David and his, um, you know, uh, 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 almost disaster, which he averted. Yes. Uh, Here's here's my buzzer. There's no reason to become alarmed,
4: and we hope you enjoy the rest of your
0: flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? So that's my buzzer. Well done. Great buzzer. I mean,
1: in the old (laughs) days, we just had buzzers. Anyway, that's great. Well done. Jim. I've gone a bit more to the buzzer type of thing. Oh, good. And I've done but I've done a lot of research and I found a specific Boeing 747 cabin alert bell.
0: Oh, good man.
1: How's that? It was very... <laughs> <laughs> that is nice. Well, was just was, for dogs. That, that was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. You're, you're going to win every time with that. Oh, here we go. I found a specific <laughs> Boeing 747 cabin alert bell. So when you hear that, what does that mean? That's in the cabin. That's somebody going, answer the the phone in the cabin, basically. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm.
0: Lovely. Well, great. Well, good luck with those guys. I hope I I can hear
1: them. Right. Question one. Pay attention, everybody.
0: The 747 was groundbreaking in many ways, including being the first wide-bodied two-aisle airliner. But it was also the first to adopt INS, inertial navigation system. However, it wasn't known how reliable the system would be. So, what seemingly antiquated system of navigation
1: did the early 747s have? Thank you. Yes, James. I was going to say stellar navigation. It had a a, a dome for looking with a periscope.
3: That's also what I was going to say.
0: Well, you're right. I think we call it a sextant. <sighs> a sextant. And I think you mean celestial navigation, don't you? So <laughs> All you, that haven't, stuff. you haven't used the right word once. No. But you are generally correct, Jimbo. So oh. as usual, James takes an early oh. lead. What's the matter with you? Oh, we buzz at the same time. Where no, no. his, his, his buzzer yeah. was
1: where? Yeah. It was about a mile. Sorry, Jason.
0: In... Don't be a bad loser. Come I on. haven't lost yet. I remember you've probably done more research on this aircraft yeah. than anybody else. Yes. Oh, all right, that's only the first question. In August 1989, a Qantas long-reach Boeing 747-400 made the first non-stop flight from London Heathrow to Sydney, a distance of 11,185 miles. To the nearest hour, how long did it take? Yes, Roy. Hope you enjoy the rest 14. Of 14 hours. 14 hours from Roy. Uh, Jez, you are next. 19 hours. 19 hours 19 hours from Jez. Yes, Jimbo. 18 hours. The winner is Jez. Get uh, in. 20 hours, 9 minutes and 5 finally, seconds. Finally, finally, finally. Well done. So it's uh, one apiece. And in fact, the, the captain on that flight, the, the commanding um, pilot on that, I interviewed the following year at Farnborough about that flight, and it was, uh, he said, yeah, all the bells and whistles were going off by the time <laughs> they were sort of halfway across Australia, but they just ignored them because <laughs> they, knew, they knew they'd knew they still get it in. I mean, they'd ripped out all the seats. There was yeah. nothing in there, but they just needed to prove that they could do it. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. amazing. It was fantastic to interview him. It was, it was an amazing effort. It really was. Yeah. Was, it, was it in Aussie? I'm afraid so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The British yeah, did yeah, on there with
1: Maggie on board. They did actually, yeah. That was a different one. What was the story was the with that 400, one? Four hundred, taking Maggie to Sydney. Yeah, uh, and they did it in a one. But it, again, it wasn't. It was just Maggie and her entourage. I think it was right. one seat. It. Yeah, maybe. Of, but this was the first.
0: This was the first one.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, at the end of the 1990s, one operator was regularly flying its 747-400s into Heathrow with their fuel state well below the permitted minimum. In some cases, critically so. As a result, the airline in question faced being banned from operating into British airports. Which national airline was this? Yes, Jez? I was
3: going to say Braniff International, but that's not a national airline. So I'm going to say Alitalia.
1: Alitalia? Okay, Jez, you are incorrect. I think the next one was from James. I'm going to say Korean Air. Korean Air, why do you say that? Because they had a bit of a dodgy history about that sort of time.
0: Did they? Did they? It's not Korean. It's huh? not Korean. No, Roy, have you? Uh, do you no, want to go? I'm not even, <laughs> You're not even going to guess? No. Any? Just guess any international Air France. Air France. <laughs> Guys, you'll kick yourselves. Not British Airways. <laughs> Malaysia Airlines. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> How can we?
3: Oh. oh we've let ourselves down, there, lads. We really have, let really, down. that... Oh, Oh, dear, I can't believe you didn't have a... I'm not sure we can believe it either.
0: either. It's absolutely true. And in one case in 1998, a Malaysian 747 coming into Heathrow broadcast a pan-emergency call because their fuel state was so dire. And in fact, a few years after that, I did return back home to Kuala (laughs) Lumpur on a Malaysian 747, and I was quite... Quite relieved Was when it we not were called
1: just, Malayan Airlines at any, at any uh, well,
0: stage? It did change its name but, but <laughs> not, no. When I was flying it
1: was Malaysia
0: <laughs> And we were just just Coming into that touchdown At Kuala Lumpur and I thought oh good that's great On goes the power And we're on the go around oh, oh, And all I could see out of the windows was Jungle I think it, I really hope they've learnt their lesson and aren't still flying with the minimum amount of fuel on board. So for the first time, I
1: of that entire flight, I was
0: just a little bit tense. But uh, no, it was a lot. of food on board is superb. Good, Actually, yeah, good. Economy Malaysian can thoroughly yeah. recommend it. Right, film question. One seven four seven has become something of a film star, and in one case, represented a fictional aircraft called a Skyfleet S five seventy.
1: Okay, James. Oh.
0: Yes you don't know what the question is casino royale (laughs) correct (laughs) yeah (laughs) which uh yeah which film was this it was indeed casino royale daniel craig's first outing i'll offer it as well for a bonus where was this shot yes jen the jazz dunsfeld it was (laughs) dunsfeld in surrey our our home airfield yeah absolutely right well done. Yeah, it's amazing, that
1: jumbo. It was mm. an ex-British Airways jumbo. It was. A City of Birmingham. Okay. Yeah, and they put the engines, they made them double engine pods. Yeah, like the B-52 engines, mm, are not they? Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, that was question four. So, um, oh, I just, I've been forgetting to take the scores. Um, I've J- got I, I had four. I don't no, think anyone scored, I I think scored anything. Jez has got to <laughs> Roy's yet to yeah. score. And this is the final question. Okay. So it might be a decider okay. if it goes James' or Jez's way. <clears> and the question is this. And I'm surprised it didn't come in the quick facts. How many wheels on a Boeing 747? Really? Yes. 18. Jazz. 18 is the correct answer. Yeah. I mean, there was a bit of a guess as well. <laughs> well done. It is 18. Have I actually won the quiz? Well, not necessarily, because <laughs> I think we can all, uh, f- just a couple of extra... What? Add just on. to stop
1: me from winning. <laughs> <you>? Not <laughs> at all. No, no. You are the winner. You are the winner. Okay. Why don't I get a bonus answer? Because when I answered one correctly, you then gave him a bonus. <laughs> just saying all right you know, well, you've won yet again the quiz just, just for fun
0: just for fun how many wheels are there on an Airbus A380 so you've got 18 on a jumbo yes James 22 correct That uh, <laughs> uh, well, looks like James has won be, it. it it
3: wouldn't have been an uneven <laughs>
0: <laughs> no
3: he has not okay James hasn't won it <laughs> And he's not going to win it again. <laughs> I've won it. Me. Jez.
0: <laughs> Do, does um, anyone know which aircraft has the most wheels? Oh, it's that yes. really... Uh, go on. <clears throat> <enough> it's <throat> the enormous... Yeah, is that really Russian
3: enormous Russian thing. One? Russian thing. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, what? Ananopolis.
0: <laughs>
3: Anan.
1: Antonov 125. Incorrect. Keep going, Jez. Antonov- Anaphylactic shock. <laughs> I don't know. Anna. Antonov,
0: Wait. Antonov, which one though? It's There's quite the a few. The biggest one. What the AN two two five? No, the 2525. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <another> point. <laughs> Any idea how many wheels it's got?
1: Thirty.
0: Two. Yes, 32. 32 is the correct answer, Jez. You are oh, there today's is winner some well, sort done. of
1: fraternal cheating it's going not, on Not here. at all. He
0: actually won in the requisite uh, number of oh, questions. Well done, Jez. It's a, it's a That's rare victory. I'm very, a, very great. Great. Really enjoyed Jez, the winner yeah, yeah. with three. James in second place with two, and our reigning champion from Battle of Britain, yeah. Roy. Roy didn't get going. No, sorry. Well, yeah. no, don't More apologize.
3: research, right?
0: No, yeah. well, well done, guys. That was, a, that was a pretty good quiz, I think. And, um, an excellent quiz. it's great that we got the Malaysian question past you. <laughs> that's brilliant. Oh, well, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. How yeah. happy I were you when you found that? that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we didn't do the Malaysian. I know. No, you had your chances, didn't brilliant. you? You went Korean. I mean, you were in the yeah. right area, but yeah. bad luck. Well, guys, well done. What a fantastic pod we've had. Uh, David Williams, our guest, was absolutely amazing, so make sure you listen to that, everybody. Yeah, you're going to love that. Full Flaps drops a week after this episode, so depending on when you're listening to this, it might well be there right now. And there's also our bonus episode to look out for, all about what happens to an aeroplane once it's made its final flight. And remember, you can still hear all our podcasts from Series 1 and their Full Flaps extended interviews. And coming up in future episodes of Top Landing Gear, we'll be talking to Roland White, author of the brilliant new book Harrier 809, out in mid mid October. We've all got our advanced copies, though. Uh, And that's all about the Harrier operations in the Falklands. And we'll be reporting from Bomber County and the Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre at East Kirkby with that Lancaster and Mosquito. Lockdown releasing. What's that? Yeah, Lockdown Lockdown Permitting, absolutely right. Yeah, we'll be at the Petwood Hotel, Lockdown Permitting, uh, home of the Dam Busters and RAF Coningsby, base of the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight, the Typhoon Squadrons, and we've got some other treats in store as well. Lockdown Permitting. So much more we're planning, and do let us know anything or anyone you would like us to feature and we'll try and make it happen. And remember, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Top Landing Gear. And do email us with your questions for our expert, James Carter. info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com. Two Gs. Two G's. <laughs> and however you're listening to us, please recommend us to your friends and family, and do leave a review, especially if you've enjoyed it. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and bye for now. This is Top Landing Gear.